Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 548. Tonight we're going to learn all about Smart Girls, a STEM learning toy. Yeah. For girls. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Provide your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category 5 TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters at Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, you. I'm great, and you? I'm great. Also great. We have Sasha back. Sasha. A very tanned Sasha. Yeah. Making me look super pale. I don't know if you've noticed, we've had to turn up the brightness on the camera this week. (laughs) Uh, It's making me look ghostly, but you look almost normal, but very tanned. Right. Yes. I had Tell the story. What'd you do? How'd you... Seven days of pure sunshine. It was Bliss. incredible. It was blissful. Mm. Porta Plata, Dominican Republic, Porta Plata. Beautiful. Casa nice. Marina was the resort. I'm just giving a shout out because they were amazing. Kind of jealous. Only thing I will say, the mayhem was only as we were leaving. It started to rain, and the whole seven days worth of sunshine yeah. got paid back by one big old flooded runway. But that's no the way. It so goes. we were. Yeah. Murphy's Law. Yeah. yeah. That. But good problem to have. I mean, after the sun went down on our last day, that's when it rained. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it's nice to have you back. And we've got a great show planned for you tonight. Exciting show. Uh, first of all, I want to remind everybody that we have Cat5 TV shirts mm-hmm. available for you. And it's as simple as that. Cat5.tv slash shirts. You're making me nervous. Too. I know. You're making me nervous. <laughs> Playing with his dolls at the beginning of the show. Uh-oh. Just trying to give her some screen Right time. on the edge of the table there. I know. Nice. This is how it's going to go, folks. It's just going to jet right off of the table. <laughs> how do we get these shirts, Robbie? Cat5.tv tv slash shirts thanks to everybody who has ordered one so far now the fundraiser has been going very well so uh, i think teespring's going to allow us to renew it uh, which is good because usually they cap it off at so many days and if you meet your goal great if you don't they just yeah cancel thanks for your time yeah (laughs) so uh, thank you to everybody who has supported that campaign the the proceeds from that are going to help the show our expenses have been astronomically high yes and we are volunteers here Uh, we appreciate your support on patreon Uh, we appreciate your support by shopping through our partner links on our website category5.tv click on support us uh, support the shows and uh, you'll find different ways that you can support us but yeah i mentioned our bills have been really high. We've been doing a lot of really cool stuff. Yes. And part of that has to do with the fact that we're on LTE internet here at the studio. So our bill last month was about four times the price wow. that we normally have month to month. So wow. that was a bit shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we're looking for various options and things, but there's uh, fiber internet comes here to the studio now. They cool. finally got it. I mean, it's, it's at the road. We can get uh, fiber to the node, but it's extremely expensive. So, But still, ironically, cheaper than last month. Yeah. <laughs> so. so maybe maybe the best choice. Yeah. <laughs> All that to say, thank you so much for your support. As a viewer-supported show, uh, as a viewer-supported network, uh, we can't 
can, we can't do this without your support. So purchasing those shirts, going through our website to get to Amazon or eBay, uh, any of our other partners, that's great ways to support us. Supporting us on Patreon is yep. another great way. Uh, and you are making the show possible. So thank you yes. very much. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. We also still have Dead Effect 2 VR yes, so to good. give away. So the contest is ongoing. You can email your name or alias, um, where you're watching from, how you're Bald watching. <laughs> That's really? right. The number yeah. one, Bald Nerd. <laughs> Google that. I don't think that you can enter to win. Oh, Robbie. okay. All right. But we do have a winner this week. Nice. Who is it? Chris Pritchard from Whitney Oxfordshire, UK. Chris. Nice. From Oxfordshire. All right. Nice and, to have you here. And, Congratulations. Oh, did I say it wrong? It's so crazy I that I would say a UK town really, name wrong. Yeah. Would <laughs> Sasha ever do Whenever such a thing? I butcher a name. But thank you for being named Chris Pritchard. Yes. That's, because that is really hard to mess up. That is. But if anyone were to, it would be me. But I did not this time. <laughs> okay, so Chris says, I watch Category5.tv on YouTube on my cool. iMac. Sometimes I use Google Cast to stream the program to my TV. There you go. Well nice. done. There's all kinds of ways you can watch the show. Congratulations mm -hmm. on winning, Chris. Uh, we're going to send you the code for Steam to be able to download and install Dead Effect 2 VR. Get Breaking. your virtual reality headset ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to jump right into it now? I, I am. I see yeah. this young lady here that's yes. uh, having a good old time on the, uh, on the desk. Her name is Jen. Hi, Jen. <laughs> um, she doesn't speak, but she is a robot of sorts. Yes. But there, there's a neat twist to this particular robot, which is called Smart Girls. And that twist is that it is meant to introduce young ladies to STEM education. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, STEM, in case you've not heard of it, is an it's a hot it's it, a hot word, right? It so, is, but tell it, us. but it's an acronym. So I first came across STEM two years ago, okay. and I'm like, what is STEM? So it is science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Okay. So these are the four categories, and the purpose is to get people involved in those. And so you want to... While they're young, in particular. That's right. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And so if you can get into those four main areas, the sky is the limit for where you can go in this world, and especially in a technology-based world, you know, the T of STEM is quite important. I love um, STEM education in that... I watched as a young person, like when I was just a little guy, I was coding on a VIC-20. I was writing my own basic programs. I was getting into peripherals. Mm -hmm. I had my first XT computer, I had it torn apart and I was installing AdLib sound cards and I was upgrading it and changing peripherals and all this kind of stuff. But then we went through, um, in, in the education sector, we went through this whole now computers exist. You don't need to learn how to build computers. We'll just show you how to operate the software. Right. Well, now, 20 years later, that education is obsolete. If you learned based on that education model, you probably feel like you know nothing at this point. Yeah, you missed out. You missed out because that software is obsolete. So mm -hmm. is the education that you had. So STEM, re uh, STEM education, on the other hand, brings back that passion for understanding the underlying code that makes things work, understanding the inner workings of 
robots and yes. um, things like the Raspberry Pi and mm-hmm. building it yourself, getting your hands in there and, and be, being a part of the education process. I remember hands in on. grade five, we had DOS class. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they yeah. actually spent an entire class teaching us MS-DOS. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? I have no clue. <laughs> but it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And to this day, I realize how those, like a lot of the commands are fundamental to sure. everything else that you code in. Yes. And that's it. Like DOS, you would have learned batch file, file yeah. uh, syntax. Mm-hmm. So you've learned syntax. You've learned how programs work. You've learned to code, yes. basically. So even though the DOS syntax is no longer applicable, well, it's still you can still write yes. DOS pro uh, like batch files for Windows 10 and things yeah. like that. But really, you've learned you've learned uh, the syntax of PHP. That's right. And you've learned the syntax of uh, of Perl, and um, even go so far as learning um, the syntax syntax of like scratch yes that's right just the the workflow yeah if you will yeah right Right. i'm excited because now there's a lot of um i guess attention on stem for girls yes certainly huge and there's a big reason for that now it's not that there's not a focus on this for boys right but there is some research that has shown that there that we're really lacking that education for girls Mm -hmm. to to encourage um I guess the best way to say it would be confidence, to encourage confidence in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that, you know, young girls can have that same level of confidence as young boys and enter the field and, and, you know, hopefully we're going to see a shift in... uh, in, in kind of the employment sector yep. over the next couple of or over the next say 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, now, smartgirlscanada.com is where you can pick one of these up. We're going to show you how it works. Jeff, your daughter Savannah had a blast with, uh, with her smart girls. Yeah, we've spent hours playing with uh, her playing, gen- learning, general. playing. Well, but it started off. It started. It started off with the, with the playful. Absolutely, but it started off with the playful interaction of it, yeah. and just figuring it out how it worked. And then, I mean, I mean, I'll walk you through it, kind of what we did. But you start getting into then the advanced element of it. And it's not just you know she's right. playing with the doll. It's now getting her involved with how this technology works and the advanced features of it, which she picked up. Without hesitation, which blew me away. Can I ask how old is she? She is seven. Seven years old. Okay. So uh, this, um, uh, the smart girl's robotic doll, if you will, (laughs) is really targeting like the five, six, seven, eight kind of age group, maybe up to 10. Um, But it's the perfect age to start. Absolutely. Like when I saw the box, I'm going, ooh, five? I don't know about that because Mm. there's a lot of reading involved. Absolutely changed my perspective. After about an hour, uh, you know, working with the app and, and with this, I'm going, oh, this is a non-issue. Like, yeah. no concerns whatsoever. Okay, so what we're going to look at with Smart Girls is a toy that is kind of secretly teaching young people STEM education. Yes. So we can have fun and play at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're going to intermix learning and play. Jeff, um, now Savannah has, uh, has uh, given it a try. Can you walk us through everything that we're, we're seeing here on the screen? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, un, uh, we 
pull the the all the peripherals and all the components out. And what we this can take a nine volt battery, but we had a rechargeable battery pack that we put into it. Okay, so and it's so, purchased separately. Yeah. yeah. So I had Savannah put that battery pack in. It was yep. a little bit difficult to get it in because it's such a short wire. But once you get it in, everything is good to go. And then this self-balancing Siggy just sits there waiting. And so you get the app. It's called Sugar Coated from uh, Sugar Girl. And so we've downloaded it to the tablet. Yep. Uh, it works on Android, iPhone, all that kind of stuff. And then we go into the app. And so this is the opening screen that you're seeing here. And it works off Bluetooth, connecting from your device to the the Siggy, and the Siggy being the stand that she's standing. That's on. correct. It's, it's very much like a Segway, yes, if you will. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent like a Segway. So that's the robotic aspect of this toy. Yes. So she's a doll standing on the robotic aspect connected that's right. to Bluetooth. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And so you connect to your character, and it has an individual story that comes with each character. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a couple options with the app, and this one. Savannah jumped right to it was free play so she can control it herself without doing anything and so this is where it was just playing with it getting the feel for how it works using that on-screen joystick um, right. to control the device and I mean it's got great balance it's a self-balancing device um, there are uh, little um, like sensors in the front so that you can turn on a setting where it doesn't bounce into walls okay if you so oh, choose cool. Neat. uh which was very very cool and so savannah just kind of got the hang of it and how it works um and just playing with it a little bit and then there's different options with the app and so you can go to the next level which is instead of free play you can draw the uh path oh. that you want the, the Siggy to huh. go. We're almost stepping into Steam here, which includes art. Yes, exactly. And so now you've she's draw, the, drawn the squiggly path, then you upload it to the Siggy, and it just starts driving around the path that you programmed. Oh, too cool. And right on the screen, there is a, a legend that shows you this far on your screen equals 10 centimeters. Okay. So you know if you're operating within a meter space on the floor, that's what you've got. Then you go to the next advanced level, and so there's missions. Yeah. Um, you can also do a free code yourself, but the missions kind of show you this story that you have to recreate with the Siggy in the app. And so what you're seeing here is it's given a breakdown, and then this is where the coding comes involved. And so you see there's the, the map that uh, the Siggy needs to follow, and each of those pieces of the road yep. has a measurement to it, and you program this in. And so what you're seeing with Savannah doing is she is putting the par parameters in place for how the Siggy is to drive. So the yellow there is the repeat. Okay. So, so she's basically practicing on screen without actually coding it to the Siggy. Correct. All right. And so she has to put in how many centimeters. And so she has the choice. Neat. If it says you need to go 10 centimeters, what I had her doing at first was the repeat of, okay, we have to go 10 centimeters. The default yeah. of this is one centimeter. So let's put it in for a repeat 10 times. Nice. So we did it that way. You can also do it as just straight up 10 centimeters. Mm -hmm. There's also the arcs to the turns so that you can have a radius-based turn that's 10, centime 10 centimeters, all that kind of stuff. And it's wow. the way the program has worked with the interface is that they're interlocking. So you'll see here she's connecting it, and then it connects. And once it's connected, you can move your whole code around on the screen, and you don't okay. move it, lose it placement. It looks very, very similar to Scratch to me. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Um, and so then once you've developed your course, you upload it to the Siggy, and it starts to drive it. And you see there on the screen, she gets a, yay, you did it! Nice. Because she was just doing a straightforward. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, 
of course, there's the always uh, famous free play where you can just have fun and mess around with it. But the neat thing about this app is that Savannah, within half an hour, was already going through the various functions of the app and then going into the coding. And she's like, Daddy, what do I do with this here? And so I showed her on the, the mission section of the screen, oh, this is where you, you start telling it what to do. Okay. And she started doing the coding, recognizing the numbers without any issue. I mean, there's some uh, manipulation to the numbers where she sure. got some things wrong. I mean, she's seven, so math it's is still growing. It's all part of the learning, the education yeah. part, right? But exactly. Because it's fun, we're learning and yeah. achieving something. And, and I loved doing it with her because it was great bonding time for the two of us. That's what I noticed, too. But at the same time, it was amazing for me to be able to say to her... Um, well, let's try this. And what about this? And so okay. it's creating, you know, this bond, but I'm also teaching her and guiding her through it. And on the app, and, and I'll show it in a little bit, is once you've done those kind of graphical-based coding, I showed her what the actual code looks like because there's another thing where you could see the source code. Oh, nice. And I'm okay. like, honey, can, I'm going to tell yeah. you something. You just did some programming. She's like, what? And then I showed her the screen. She's like, oh, I did that? I'm like, yeah. And so <laughs> if you ever had a computer and you want to type that on the computer you could do the same thing. Very cool. Oh. And, and that, because that's so similar to Scratch, as far as the visual appearance and how things flow, the workflow, I think you could easily transcend that to Scratch coding. Absolutely. So Yeah, 100%. Perfect, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the line. So Smart Girls, sure. um, there are four different dolls that are available, and each one has its own kind of backstory. We're going to yes. look at that yep. uh, in the app uh, in just a moment. Um, it is award-winning um, as far as the, like, the e-learning platform we're, we're looking at combining technology and play and learning all into one mm -hmm. kind of device, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, it, it was actually, um, it's neat because this device, uh, Smart Girls, was featured on Shark Tank. And, yeah. it, got, and it got the, uh, the backing of one of the, uh, one of the sharks as so well. So cool. I love it. Um, can we take uh, a real quick look at one of the missions that you, you mentioned missions? Can yes. we look at that with, uh, with Savannah? So I'm just going to play a real quick yep. video here that Jeff provided. Um, this is uh, Savannah taking one of her missions. Yes. Now, I want to give a quick backstory to it. Yeah. So she did this while I was out. I left, I think I went to go pick up one of the, the kids from a, a social event. And when I came back, she said, Daddy, look what I did. So this is after an hour of so us. she's been playing with it. She was doing it herself. Okay. Like nobody helped her. And so, I mean, there were some issues with the math and I, and I walked her through fixing it. Yeah. But she did it herself while I, mean, I wasn't there. Nice. And Jen, my wife hadn't played with it yet, so she didn't know how the app worked. Mm -hmm. So she had no involvement in it and savannah was over the moon excited seven years old yeah seven years old yeah within an hour on the app and she watched she chose a mission of her own and programmed it herself okay so dad gets home pulls out his cell phone and this, this is, is the what result. we've got okay so savannah is doing a mission she has to find three different bird locations there's the eggs there the feathers and another set of eggs so she spent some time over the last little bit being aware of all of these factors. So if you find eggs or feathers, you have to pause for four seconds. And so she has now built her code. So you'll see that we move forward 10 centimeters. Whoops. Turn left 90 degrees, go forward 20 centimeters, right 90 degrees, forward 50 centimeters, and goes down and down and down. You see the pause, so there's the first bird. 
Here's the big turn at 270 degrees with 10 centimeter radius. Then here's the bird feathers at pause four. And then the end is the last bird to pause four. Now you can also see the code, which is kind of neat. So from the coding standpoint, you see Siggy move one, 10 centimeters, turn machine 90 degrees, zero centimeters, and it continues to go on. And here's our 270 degree at 10 centimeter radius. All right, so now that we have done that, we know what the code looks like. We've already, we can show it on the screen if we want to see how it looks, but we've already tested that. So now we're going to drive it on the floor and see how it plays out. So now it's sending it. All right, let's go. Here's the turn to the right. She's now looking at bird feathers. Pause for four seconds. Then she'll turn around 180. Go forward into the big 270 degree 10 centimeter radius loop. The right turn. In to find the feathers at the right. Oh, Savannah, I think we've done it. Pause for four. She'll turn around 180. Forward, turn to the right, final bird eggs, and then a celebratory spin after a four second pause. Woohoo! Savannah, good job! That is so cool. Oh. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we mentioned at the beginning of the segment that there is um, a, a gap between men and women or mm -hmm. boys yes. and girls. Yep. And there was recently a, a study, a survey that was published by Actua. Could we look at just a couple of the key points of, mm -hmm. of what came of that study? Absolutely, we can. So um, it says 50% of boys surveyed are very or extremely interested in careers involving coding or programming. And only 20, 27% of girls have the same level of interest. So half of the number of girls half, versus yes. well, it's the, one the in number four. of boys. One in four girls. Yeah. yeah. So That's keeping crazy. in mind that this is this is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So these are fields um, and and knowledge bases, if you will. If we have that knowledge, then there, mm -hmm. as Jeff mentioned, it's the sky's the limit. There are so many places that you can go mm -hmm. with that knowledge. So yeah, we need to we need to see that shift. Right. I mean, I know that I, when I was growing up, wasn't confident in any way, and I've been growing. I mean very much a huge shout out and a thank you to you really in particular and the fact that it it becomes something that feels like you can tackle it when it's explained to you you know thoroughly right but for the most of my life it was so daunting the idea of anything stem it was crazy mm -hmm. um now girls are 14 percent or girls were 14 per percentage points more likely than boys to characterize coding as difficult. And that makes sense to me completely. Okay. Because even, like, even now, I know a little bit, but right. I, would, I would say it's difficult. When I speak even to Dave, he, he would think, oh, yeah, no, that's completely doable and palatable. But I think I mean, part of that, I think, is just the way that you've grown up, being immersed in some sort of element of coding is not the norm in our right. society when it comes to to women and girls mm -hmm. and so you grow up with a different skew to it than than guys do like i think of our boys uh, at home the idea of minecraft coding 
they love that idea of it. Right. Savannah doesn't care at all. Right. But, you know, the Smart Girls app, suddenly the boys are going, whoa, what, <laughs> why can't we do that? And they wanted right. nothing to do with Minecraft. And Savannah's like, hey, guys, I'm coding. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, it's putting a different spin on it and creating a, a contextual environment where you go, oh, I can get behind that. And it makes right. all the difference. Because mm-hmm. Savannah has no interest in coding up until this. And now she's going, oh. Oh, coding can be this? Yeah. Coding can be fun? Yeah. And she's, right. So, I mean, it, it changed that perspective. So, I mean, I totally get it when you say 14% more likely to say that it's, it's difficult. So it's like right. a paradigm shift. It's yeah. Like, it, so it's not that girls are incapable by any stretch. No. It's no. that the exposure to it has been very gender biased. Right. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't seemed relevant to, right. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. to girls. So now More stats from Actua. 41% of boys say that they're somewhat or totally confident in their coding and programming abilities, and only 28% of girls exhibit this level of confidence. Again, so it's exactly major skew. Major huge skew. skew. Mm-hmm. Now, the study really shows um, why a STEM robot specifically uh, designed for girls is mm-hmm. really a, a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you'd like to see the study itself, so this is a third-party study from Actua. You're doing this? <laughs> I'm sure that's <laughs> playing around on the tablet. Um, we've actually got a link to it. Go to cat TV slash Actua, and you'll be able to look at that study for yourself. Now, Johanna Garcia is the founder of Canadian Classroom, and they partnered with um, Smart Girls to bring this product into Canada. Right, And um, so uh, she actually tells us, and this is a quote, STEM jobs in Canada pay higher than other industries, yet women only represent 23% of the STEM workforce. Mm -hmm. Which is astonishing. So this is great because now girls can... Can you believe it starts yeah, here? Exactly. It starts as kids, right? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, the seed is planted, right? When I was a child, I wanted to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Why was that? Well, I think probably because the things I played with, right? The things marketed to me made me want to take care, right? Say I had that doll. Yeah. Who's, who's to say I wouldn't want to build robots, right? Sure. Yeah. Rocket ships. That's right. Anything. Anything at all. Um, Okay, let's get a look at the app uh, as we kind of move along in our our feature here of Smart Girls. Sure. Um, So I'm going to bring this up on the screen, Jeff. So Jeff has the app installed on his tablet. Yeah. And there we go. Okay, so this is the interface. So when you first load up the app, this is the screen you see. And so you see that this uh, doll in particular, the model, the name is Jen, and that's her Siggy. So, you know, when you turn on... The Siggy, you bring up the app, you hit the refresh, and it pops up on the screen. And then just over here... Uh, on your it, right. Yeah, on the right and top corner, you've got choose. I'm going to describe, because because you guys, you can't see what he's right. talking about. <laughs> so, so you've got the, the choose activity, and then you have six okay. options. And so the neat thing is, this isn't just about having the Siggy. There is a story. Yeah. And so you can go to eBooks, and then you will see in eBooks that Jen has a story. And so you go into Jen's story, and this is what comes up. Uh, So you learn kind of the backstory of the the character herself. So there's artwork that goes in there. Um, You've got your various chapters, and so you can read about Jen, who she is, what she does. It's very, very neat. And so then it, it opens the door from the STEM standpoint of saying, hey, there's 
lots of options out there for 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 girls um and so you know we saw in the app that savannah went into the free, the free play. play yeah and so, so what, okay so i let's let's look at the interface here so sure so you with, can kind of drag around and yeah so with the free play it's just a basic um so he's actually moving jen right now yeah so i'm gonna switch screen. i'm gonna switch to your camera so now that you've seen the screen uh you can see what's actually so happening see here. she's turning because i'm you know if i want to whoa <laughs> a little bit too fast you know it, this this sucker will move <laughs> you know so on, on a small tabletop like, things around. Oh, be very careful <laughs> uh, but i mean there's different options so i mean you've got forward backwards buttons uh you can put uh you know you've got this figure eight here all right let's you've switch got, back here yeah you know it, it, switch back to your camera uh, yeah tablet so you've got the figure eight down here in the bottom left corner yeah uh, if you've got a wide enough area oh, okay on your floor, yeah don't push that that's, that's great i'm not going to do that push here it while she's on the desk <laughs> but same deal you've got the back and forth on the right you've got the s shape and so the sig you'll just continue to drive in an s shape you can also um create like hit the record button and draw your own pattern and oh, re okay. record it and save it and reload it so you can make an obstacle course and make it go through the obstacle course and then record it and then play it back and do it again that's correct Neat. yeah Okay. So that's the free play. Then you've right. got, uh, you have path. Okay. And so in the path section. Uh, oh, this is the one that Savannah yeah, This is where doing. you okay. saw Savannah where she just kind of drew it. Now, yeah. again, I'm not going to do it here because. <laughs> Good idea. You know, <laughs> you know, it could fly all over the, the table. But yep. you see that there's a legend for the 100 centimeters. Yes. So you know that, that, is, or, um, that on your floor that is a meter. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So whatever you're drawing so in there. So on the desk, <laughs> only yeah. draw something this Well, big. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's, I'm just going to do a few little circles. Uh, you know, so you see there's not much there. Yeah. Okay. And, so are you going to actually trigger that? And or, then I'm going to try oh, and drive on the floor. Might hit. Oh, nice. Okay. You know, <laughs> so like that's how it works. Okay, cool. Uh, so, so very, very cool. Uh, you can erase it and, and, uh, and clear it. You can continue working with it, you know, make it bigger, smaller. You could save it as well. So uh, then also, this is where we get into, uh, I'm going to bring you over to missions. Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to, yeah, missions. Okay. <laughs> so in missions, this is where there's a story to it. Okay. Where, so, I mean, level one is hot dog. The video that we just watched was the bird specimen. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that there's three star levels. There's a video to it. Oh, and it gives you like a tutorial. That's right. Leading into the mission. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And so this is where you see on the screen that you've got the picture of what oh, do you neat. have to travel. And so here you see, you know, each of those road segments where you've got the blue lines, you see here they're 10 centimeters. You've got uh, on the, tur cur the curves, it's a 90 degree turn, radius zero. There's roadblocks. You know, if you get to that roundabout, it shows you that the turn is 270 radius of 10. So do you have to code that now? So yeah, so now you you see the instructions. Yes. And then this is where you go into the code. And no so that, way. The video we watched, this is what Savannah coded. So okay. you see, move forward 10 centimeters. Turn left 90 degrees, radius 0 centimeters. Move forward 20 centimeters. And at any point... Oh, good for you, Savannah. Yeah, and so you've got on the left side, uh, you have these options for move. So you've got, you can set the speed level, moving forward, the turning. There's an audio-visual where you can put the, have it honk the horn, turn no. the lights, music. <laughs> nice. Then in the execution, you've got the repeat. And I was talking about that a little bit earlier, how, mm -hmm. you know, if, say, she had to go 50 centimeters, instead of saying... Just put in 50 centimeters, you could put in 10 centimeters, repeat five and times. And you could encourage her to do math that that's way. That's right, yeah. Sure. That's and, cool. and then you've got the pause that's in there as well. And yep. if at any point 
you're uncertain. You hit this little question mark on the bottom, and you can go back to what oh, it is okay. that you're looking at. Yeah. And so you want to follow that path to the first bird egg, go to the roundabout, to the second, the bird feathers, and then three is the bird egg, and then you complete the level. And if you complete it and do it properly, then you're going to be rewarded with a star, and then you go to the next level of that mission, and there's three levels for each one. Now, And this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier where I said to Savannah, let me show you something. Up in the top right corner here, you've got show code. This is the code. Oh, cool. So you can see Siggy move, Siggy dot move, bracket one. Like, huh. So, I mean, you can actually see the code now of this entire thing. And so, so if we encourage them to, to get in there, then all of a sudden we can transition to Arduino. Mm -hmm. We can yes. transition to other platforms. Yeah, with the knowledge that we've learned here. Yeah, it was very, very cool. And, and it does allow you to do try and, uh, trial and error with the show on screen button. Now, I'm not going to do it because it's going right. to walk you through and we the saw whole it, thing. And we saw it during the video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I understand that. That's cool. Um, there's that video again. So you've got your, you have your four different levels. You know, she could pick up her tools, search for plants, get a mm -hmm. hot dog, find bird specimens. And that's, you know, you continue to, to uh, and then you've got your free code. So this so sugar-coated, you're, you're actually coding your own program. That's correct. All right. Yes. And so, you know, you get the startup screen that says, hey, program a story, a maze, whatever. Okay. And this is where it's free play and you can do whatever you want. I mean, there's even dance buttons where you can have the Siggy huh. do the cha-cha-cha, you know, Zumba left, Zumba right. Like you can have a whole lot of fun with this thing coding mm -hmm. however you want. Uh, then there's also the learn button that walks you through a training segment. So you've you get into the app and you're going, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do the coding? And you have all these levels of training from one to 10, starting with just moving forward. Oh, okay. Going up to something more Over advanced. Over the right hand side there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Neat. So the, and so it builds the involvement and the confidence level so that you've gone through the 10 training levels and you're like, oh, this is too perfect. Smart. That is too and smart. So that's all the app is. And, and I mean, so good. that's all the app is. Like, there's just the six functions. Right. But there's so much to it. And Savannah couldn't, I mean, it was almost like there was, a, you know, a textual ADD. She was just going around like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to, because right. she was so excited to try the next new thing. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was. I want to get out, like, the, the building bricks and build trails and things. Oh, yeah. And we cleared out our, our, uh, basement family room made this like 20 by six foot area <laughs> and she's like i'm gonna create an obstacle course and nice. I mean, she had so much fun with it that's cool so, so yeah, as a dad end. let's look at this from the perspective of, of a dad that you've got this for your daughter she's seven years old impressions of the device itself is uh well made uh solid it's it's very safe construction um I mean, the doll's great, you know, trendy clothes, all that kind of stuff. I think the only concern I had was getting the battery pack in it because the cable was so short. But Savannah did it. I had to help her. Did you help her? I did help we her. We didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, I did help her get the battery in uh, to get it. Oop. Okay, happy, happy. Yeah. To be fair. Okay. To be fair, when I built a computer, I had help. With well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it right? wasn't an issue for me to help her, okay. but she just dad, she dad. couldn't get her hands in. You've got the battery packet, so you've, you've got the, um, 
the extra battery pack so that you don't right. have to cho- change batteries. Correct. Having done that, I noticed that it is now USB chargeable. Yes. So you've basically converted this. So it was maybe a little challenging for a seven-year-old to insert Get it this. in, yeah. However, dad could have put that in, screwed it in, and it's done. It's the upgrade issue. is complete. Yep. Right. There's a USB port to charge it. Yep. And, and that, again, it can take nine-volt batteries, but that makes it so that you don't have to. You exactly. Just recharge it every time. Yeah. So you, but you could do that. Absolutely. So and and it, it is... Whoop. So oh, she turned off. Uh, I believe she did turn or off. So I'll, like, hey, you picked me up. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it is self-balancing, which I absolutely loved because I'm like, oh, you got to get this thing to stand. Cool. So you kind of hold it there for a second, then you'll hear a beep. Sweet. And then that's it. Cool. And then it will just continue to rock back and forth. It was. I love this thing. So smart girls, I think it's a great product for STEM and for um, encouraging young girls to to build confidence in STEM. education as we've talked about Um, again smartgirlscanada.com now now until the end of april 2018 it's free shipping on that okay so um, smartgirlscanada.com as you see on your screen cool stuff very cool and maybe you don't like the gen there's four different doll options and they all come with a different story so you're like i don't want gen i want this one you know and so i mean the, the whole point at this point is collect all four right. so you've got the story and then program so all four can, to do synchronized hey, can, driving yeah, there you, know? you go. now you've got it now I, you've got it i will say as a girl the story is important like to me the idea of having something like that is it's relatable it's relatable exactly i yeah. i probably wouldn't care at all if that was just like if it looked uh, not like a doll like if it looked like an ugly little robot, robot. like what you're used to with robots right and but that's it though they've taken it and exactly. made it more approachable for young girls and if this and if this girl didn't have a story right if she wasn't going to find plants you know right. i would get tired of just right. okay well now she's just driving in a square there's and now a, she, the, the right? missions make it oh there's a quest there's a yeah, and, a goal and that is amazing cool what <laughs> and just from the story level, one of the things I liked about the Jen storyline is that she's also a mechanic who okay. loves nature. So mm. this opens the door with Savannah. Eh? She's yeah. like, what's a mechanic? Right. Well, well a mechanic works on cars, yeah. you know, and, and she's like, well, what do they do? I'm like, well, okay, well, tell you what, you can come with me next time I change my oil. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll show you how to change the oil. I'll show you how to change tires. And start with those basic things. And then it's, hey, let's uh, clean out the camshaft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to sit back and watch while you do it. Yeah, Robbie's going, camshaft? What? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, that is not my forte. I focused on STEM. <laughs> Final thoughts about smart girls. Uh, first of all, you saw Jeff doing this on his tablet. It mm-hmm. does work on smartphones as well. Yes. Okay. So you can install it on your Android or iOS. OS device. It can be a tablet or a phone, smartphone. Um, I presume even like an iPod Touch would be just fine because it's yep. iOS and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, mm-hmm. So there you have it. And finally, um, just the ruggedness of it. Um, we saw it driving on carpet. Great on carpet. Driving on great on floors. Table. Uh, and I mean, Savannah did uh, in the free play kind of bumped it into. Uh, coffee table, bumped it into uh, um, you know our TV unit, held up. It's great, nice solid rubber wheels, so mm-hmm. it's got it has great traction. There you go. I I don't think I have a single concern complaint. This thing's perfect. So grandparents, uh, parents, something definitely to check out. Educators, 
Um, go to smartgirlscanada.com. Mm-hmm. We've got to take a real quick break. Um, thank you to Jeff and Savannah for their participation tonight. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back, everybody. This is Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 548. So nice to have you here, and such a pleasure to be able to look at such a cool device tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to say hey to the chat room. I see a lot of folks there hanging out, chatting away. GDWG, it's good to see you again. Marshman, always a pleasure. Uh, I see Skywriter64 as well. Hey, yeah. Who else have we got? BP9, The Foo, Leechin X1, basically the crew's here. The whole yep. crew. Yeah. Hey. Anyone, if I missed you, you got to say shouts out. Hey, Garby. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, if you'd like to join us in the chat room, you can get there on our website, category5.tv. Um, but of course, um, it is Category 5 on Freenode, which is an IRC server. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're familiar with IRC, looking at, you know, going back to my early days of computing, that was one of the ways that we communicated and That's we right. still use it today. Hey, Solbu, nice to see you. All right. So, uh, should we find out what's going on in the world of tech news? I guess it is time, folks. I know we've like filled the hour already, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a great hour. Shouts for out, me. everybody! Yeah, <laughs> just kind of laid back and <laughs> yeah. easy going. Nice. Now it's your turn. Now it's to take turn. over the set. So, hey, Sasha. Take Hello. Her away. Yeah. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Thanks to robots and automation in the U.S., Africa is at risk. U.S. cities are starting to crack down on commercial crypto mining due to the heavy load it puts on their power grid. An autonomous flying taxi is coming to New Zealand and 3D printed homes for the less fortunate. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit category5.tv partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners and thank you for watching. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. 
I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Within less than two decades, it will be cheaper to operate robots in the U.S.-based factories than to hire workers in Africa, a new report warns. Falling automation costs are predicted to cause job losses as manufacturers return to richer economies. Though some analysts say poorer countries could be less impacted by this trend, the Overseas Development Institute suggests otherwise. Its report, however, does add that African nations do have time to prepare for the change. Karishma Banga, a senior research officer at ODI, says African countries must not shy away from manufacturing, but instead prepare by increasing access to internet, investing in technical skills, and promoting technological innovation. Dirk Wellam Develd, director of the Supporting Economics Transformation Program at ODI, said in a statement, Currently the cost of operating robots in furniture manufacturing is still higher than labor, but this will not be the case within 15 years. Their report found that in the furniture manufacturing, the cost of operating robots and 3D printers in the U.S. will be cheaper than Kenyan wages by 2034. And in Ethiopia, ODI predi- predicts that robots automation will be cheaper than Ethiopian workers between 2038 and 2042. This gives the continent between one and two decades to build up its capabilities in sectors that are less at risk of automation, such as food and beverages, garments, metal, and metals, the report writes. It advises African nations to expand access to broadband and develop locals' technical skills through vocational training, technology hubs, and a bigger focus on STEM subjects in African educational bodies. Okay. Wow. So we kind of saw this coming, I would say. <laughs> Truthfully, from my, yeah, I didn't. But that's, I didn't I, ever I, think of it. I didn't well, yeah. give it a second thought, and now it's like, oh, yeah, that makes what? sense. Well, I mean, we think about it from our own backyard. I mean, sure. you look at how technology is changing things here, but I didn't think about the other countries. And mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds very self-centric, but I, I, I don't know if I've ever paid attention. What, what do we get from Africa, from a man? I know talked about well, furni- food yeah, and furniture is, Furniture, furniture is a very good example where okay. like 75% of the furniture that's manufactured is exported. Um, oh, okay. Not, yeah, yeah. not necessarily to Canada here. I'm not sure what the percentages are, but definitely you think about like the UK. Right, a um, lot of Europe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of it ends up there. Mm-hmm. So if the US is able to manufacture it, more cheaply, right. all of a sudden, this becomes a problem. So in, in right. Africa, definitely furniture is one. Ethiopia, you're looking at um, apparel, shoes, for right. example. Right. Um, so where it, it reminds me of the the story we just covered a couple of weeks ago with the jeans with. Right, Levi's, the laser Levi's, jeans. The, yeah. Right. So this laser is where jeans. this is where I, <laughs> I see. I saw it. I seem to see the trend where technology is taking the load off of labor jobs, but our right. labor jobs are generally outsourced to other countries because labor is expensive here and cheap there. As mm-hmm. soon as we don't need to have people laboring, instead of instead it's robots, of course, why not have them here as opposed to there, right? Like it, right. Yeah, it makes sense, right? So yeah. now the onus is really on these countries to to find another way. This is a tough situation too because mm-hmm. you know as I'm thinking about this more and more and you can comment below if you're watching this online if you're watching this on on cable TV send us an email um, through mm-hmm. our website but 
would a fear not be that, okay, now if it becomes so cheap to manufacture it through robotics, through automation, and we think about slave labor and we do care about the conditions in these factories in Ethiopia and in China, and what happens if now all of a sudden wages have to go down mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm costs have to go down mm -hmm. or what if conditions which are already poorly have to become worse mm -hmm. in order for these companies to compete so there's a whole other aspect to this where you know uh, maybe regulations uh, there's that word again why do i bring up regulations but does america have to say we need to care more about the world as a whole, be careful while we're approaching this, right. regulate the manufacturers and say, look, we need to make sure that if you're going to automate, that you need to follow these best practices in order to protect the families and the individuals who are currently manufacturing these in, in third world and, mm -hmm. and, and poorly conditions. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be yeah. great if they could implement more STEM training for... Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's what I that's liked what about that story. To, yeah. is it, it did say, you know, more STEM training in the education program. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I, I mean... Well, that helps the next generation. Absolutely. But what does it do for the folks that right now, have, if they lose their jobs, have nothing? That's a great question. And that's a question just to put out there. There's no answer to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it is just a question. And it, I don't know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> U.S. cities are starting to crack down on commercial crypto mining due to the heavy load it puts on their power grid. A city in upstate New York has become the first in America to effectively ban any new commercial-grade cryptocurrency miners from powering up. Mayor Colin Redd and the City Council of Plattsburgh this month signed off on a measure to place an 18-month moratorium on any new industrial-scale crypto coin crafting operations within city limits. Alt-cash mining companies typically require a permit to operate within Plattsburgh. Now no more applications will be approved for a full year and a half. Located on the banks of Lake Champlain, Near the Canadian border, Plattsburgh has a population of 19,000 people and is a hot spot for boating and bass fishing. Its proximity to the lake also means that Plattsburgh is able to enjoy low-cost hydroelectric power, making it extremely attractive to large-scale crypto mining operations. As rag readers know, altcoin crafting rigs can be tremendous power hogs. So when those mining operations came to town, the normally cheap power became more expensive due to the soaring demand, and residents saw their electric bills climb by an average of $10 a piece in January alone. Just two of the registered miners, miners accounted for around 10 to 15 percent of the city's entire power consumption. Now to slow down the power slurp, Plattsburgh has decided to block any new operations until at least the fall of 2019. Existing crypto coin mining outfits will be allowed to stay for the time being. Those who violate the new law will be subject to fines of up to $1,000 per day. The city notes that during the moratorium, it will look into whether a long-term zoning and power law on crypto coin mining is needed. Meanwhile, New York State has ruled that high-density load customers, or crypto miners, if you read between the lines, face rising electricity bills due to the pressure they place on electric supply grids. This is interesting. Another thing I didn't see that coming. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
and because I'm just getting into mining cryptocurrency myself from uh, right. you know at, a, home. at home with consumer grade um, you know products, I haven't seen the impact of a large scale right. power drain at my house, so to speak. So right. the idea that there's uh, companies out there that are using such a high power demand that it's causing the citizens of the town to see an increase in the power bills kind right. of baffles me because I know if my energy goes up at my house, I'm paying the bill. Yeah. So why aren't they just getting the bill themselves and instead it's being distributed to everybody? Well, here's one consideration is that it is hydroelectric, so it's water-powered electricity. So it's a finite resource, so would they not have to bring in more power to the grid if they've exceeded the surplus and the the flow of what what the generators are capable of, right? So the costs go up. But but then put that on the company like it, it, like it, uh, you read there to that, some degree sure yeah you read that the two companies were ten to fifteen percent of the power usage alone so take the city's power bill and give them ten to fifteen percent you know and yeah I don't know I don't know that it's that easy it be would right, be nice if it was that easy right? to say hey yeah. it's your company that's doing this so you're the one who gets but I think it, it has to do with the whole grid and the, the whole works, kind of yeah. network of the electrical mm-hmm. grid and the the cost to produce the energy required by that region mm-hmm. has gone up and so it affects all of the users right now the user who is crypto mining with this massive like we're talking server farm and oh, yeah. here, right, right. So, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be paying the m- most of that bill, but yep. it's still going to impact other folks as the overall cost to operate has gone up. Maybe more man hours are required because more people are required to uh, to operate the, the hydroelectric station and, and uh, the electricity coming into the town. Right. Mm-hmm. And am I correct in assuming home cryptocurrency mining is not banned? It's just the larger oh, ones, no, right? No, it's just industrial. It's just yeah. industrial. These are companies that open up specifically to, to mine. Yeah, and this is people are making money off of this because they're and this is why I can't mine uh, Bitcoin. This is why you can't mine Bitcoin right, on your yeah. consumer gear because these companies build a network in a rental unit or something right. or a lease a unit and they draw on the electrical system and they mine so powerful much machines. with so much powerful uh, so much power that us little guys just can't. My can't Raspberry compete. Pi won't cut it. Right. No, no. My even my mining rig, which is sitting over there, and you can see all the video cards, and it, like, it's not going to cut this it. This is right. a conversation I would have never imagined that we would ever be having. Like, I, because cryptocurrency is new. Yes. Right. It, I just this blows my mind that this is yeah. a real problem, see, and it is. What I love, though, and I mean, I get this deviates a little bit from the news, but a month ago cryptocurrency was a foreign concept. I mean, I knew what it was, but how how it worked, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And just in the last month of exploring it and, and starting to do it myself at home, I now get it and I'm going, oh, <laughs> oh, this is fun. Where were you all my well, life? Exactly. Why, Why wasn't, wasn't I doing this years ago? <laughs> when Bitcoin first came out, yeah, so it was I, easy to mine a Bitcoin. Yeah, so I can see the appeal to setting up a company, getting the hardware oh, yes. in place, oh, yes. and just... <sighs> blowing through the mining to really yeah. hook on to some of this cash and this new trend that's going. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's 
cities do have to turn their mind to this sort of thing. Sure. You know, what happens? It's a new business model that draws a lot on the electricity yeah. of that. Like, we're not talking... Consumer gear, sure, you're running your computer and it's using your electricity, but it's still just your computer. Right. Okay? We're talking server farms that are running at 100% CPU and GPU all the time, 24-7, with 300,000 computers and, you know, mega... Com- like, just ridiculous. Well, they I mean- should be using their money to invest in some green energy ideas. That's a good idea. And that's why people are building them in places that are super cold so they don't have to cool it. But it's possible like the amount of output that the green sources, maybe solar, wind, whatever, may not be enough to actually run (laughs) at all. Well, right. let's like think that's of how much else. hardware there is. Oh, I totally agree. Right. So, but or maybe they're just like Cyril Sneer, and they just are mining. <laughs> they're just mining. Oh my goodness, raccoons! <laughs> that is a throwback TV show. That's a that was. I a could great totally show. see him mining cryptocurrency. Oh, totally, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, or Scrooge McDuck. I can yeah, see absolutely, that too. Oh, absolutely. My. Where was mining when he was around? <laughs> oh. A new air taxi service was financially backed by Google, Google co-founder Larry Page is set to take off in New Zealand thanks to an agreement announced last week. Page's Kitty Hawk company, the developer of a new autonomous flying machine called Cora, will begin testing the service in rural Canterbury, a region in the South Island. The electric air taxi can carry two passengers. It is designed to take off like a helicopter and uses proprietary software to fly like a regular fixed-wing aircraft with the help of some human supervision. Zephyr Airworks, Kitty Hawk's New Zealand affiliate, has been working with government officials on plans to test the new service as part of a program meant to encourage science and innovation in the country. Despite the high interest in development, the business case for fully autonomous air taxis is not as strong as one might think, suggested Stephen Polzin. Polzin is the Director of Mobility Policy Research at the University of South Florida's Center for Urban Transportation Research. He says, for passenger air travel, particularly commercial air travel, the labor cost associated with pilots is relatively modest in the context of total cost provided providing the trip which dampens the motivation to go to full automation oh i got you right that makes sense yeah that makes sense to me right the wages of the pilot is pale in comparison to the fuel and the jet itself and Right. right sure yeah but if it's one element you can take out of the equation it's one less payload for having the driver therefore less fuel consumption Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff um but so the when i'm listening to this the first question that's popping up in my head is is this necessary are we gonna need air taxi and i have seen some videos for what the traffic's like in new york city Hmm? i feel like maybe well that's the thing i'm thinking about it i'm going okay I commute every day to work. I'm on the road, depending on traffic and weather, between an hour to two and a half hours. So cut 45 minutes off of that. Right. But then I'm also going, okay, in traffic, there's road rage. And if you're sitting there and you're watching some guy go and go across traffic in this air taxi... um, I mean, I'm thinking about what's the impact going to be on somebody who's on a motorcycle and the air, air downstream from the... Well, from the, 
I would theorize that it would be up a little higher than... So then we have the issue of air traffic control, because in mm-hmm. at least the regulations... Autonomous, Jeff. It'll move. But, but no, but here's the thing. So uh, for flights in, I think, just Ontario, I don't know about other areas, but we have a cap of 100 feet. You cannot fly a commercial aircraft less than 100 feet from any structure top. Oh, okay. Oh. Right. I'm picturing in my mind that this is just a taxi sort of thing where it's like in one city, like short distances. It's not a commute oh, to okay. Toronto, right? It's like... To get across oh, so like a ta- busy city. Or, right? Not tabletop, but like rooftop to rooftop maybe. Like, hey, I'm going from my right. you know, condo <laughs> here Bruce to... Wayne. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like I'm picturing short distances. It's okay. probably not going to be too much of an issue as okay. far as air traffic control and and things like sure. that. Sure. And can I just say along that vein, Jeff believes they can build an autonomous robotic airborne taxi, but they can't figure out air traffic control. No, that's not what I said. I said there's a need <laughs> for it. There's a I'm need. I'm sure for they've it. worked that into the equation of the autonomous programming. Maybe. They must. They They must. must. But I'm I'm with Sasha on this. I think it's probably like building to building across New York City. Yeah, I I, I believe so. But still, you're going to need something. Because, I mean, if you've got, like I think of Toronto, we have Orange Air Ambulance. So you've got an ambulance that lands. That's right. It lands on the rooftop of the hospital, and hey, you've got 15 minutes to get to that accident scene. You know, 60 kilometers up the road, and so it's like helicopter's gone and Love if you got it. some taxi in the way that's not but helicopter up, helicopter needs a landing pad uh, it does a yes two-person taxi mm-hmm. yeah maybe not, maybe not so much but i bet you uh, that thing's field. gonna be close to the size of a car footprint sure wise. absolutely right. that's but, still huge but the same as a car pulls off to the side of the road when an ambulance comes this air taxi Supposed to. would would probably mm. divert its path and right it, and get out of the way i am absolutely, pro absolutely. air taxi and and as things grow <laughs> just to final you know my final thought yeah. is as things grow into the autonomous era the autonomous vehicles on the road will know oh here comes the air taxi it's about to come down back up yes her in that's because if everything's it's also autonomous and it's all integrated it's all working together in the same mesh network and saying okay he's about to come down and land in the middle of the highway okay so i know you said that was your last thought that's my Here. last thought so if they're all integrated one hack attack and it's done always put a dark spin on it jeff no we but we covered security measures a couple shows ago of course i think it was last week think security uh, yeah they need to work it into the That's the point. Sure. They need to. Get the security solid, then roll it out. Okay. So Maybe that's the part with the human supervision, where it said, with some human supervision. Maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Bad taxi. Don't hack that. I, I'm really pro-air taxi. <laughs> I right. love this. I got it. In Texas, tucked behind a house for the wealthy, there may lie some hope for the significantly less fortunate. More than a billion people in the world go to sleep each night without reliable shelter. But a pair of companies working on solving that believes that their model of quickly 3D printing a one-story house could not only provide a roof over the head, but a genuinely great place to live. It's a proof of concept built by Icon, a construction firm, and New Story, a nonprofit that sets up housing in the developing world. The 380-square-foot dwelling required about $10,000 or 7,000 pounds of concrete and took, the, and took 48 hours. 
Eventually, the goal is to build a 650-square-foot version and to bring down the cost significantly by using a mixture of econo- economies of scale. Economic, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> economies of scale. But, like buying concrete in bulk and right. improvements to the 3D printing machine. The goal build time is between 12 and 24 hours. Later this year, the project will head to El Salvador to build some test homes with the view to begin work on a community of 100 houses in 2019. If If it does work, it would literally change how shelter is created, said Brett Hagler, chief executive and co founder of New Story. It's irresponsible for us not to try it. Like small-scale 3D printing, the system works by slowly adding material layer by layer. In this case, that material is mortar, similar to concrete. The height and width of the house is constrained by the size of an enormous metal frame, which operates autonomously once given its instructions. With the machine, they can print up to 11 feet tall. The robot follows blueprints created using typical CAD software. This means homeowners would have the ability to create their own designs on site or pick from a library of possible configurations. Hagler believed the machines will be operated by local construction workers and it is hoped that the lower cost of each unit would turn in turn mean more demand for more houses to be built. That's so great. Yeah. I love when technology is used to help people. Yes. I know. And the the price point of it was really quite uh cheap as well. The fact that it was uh, it was a $10,000 and that's at current rates. Sure. Now granted that doesn't include you know whatever the rig is that you're you, you right. know, you're going to have to have recover your cost of buying yeah. it and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean it might be that maybe it's a $15,000 for the home. But who's going to be paying for it? Is Oh, that's what's so genius about this foundation that they've set up, right? Right. But then you also have the land. Sure. So it's not just the building, but it's the land. So where does the land come from? Who's going to buy the land? Right, right. All this kind of stuff. And I, I think right. I know what you're, you're asking because, like, okay, we're helping impoverished folks. Right. How will they pay for this? Right. That's what's smart about it because what they've done is they've set it up so that, um, first of all, a lot of donations are going okay. into this, okay? Mm-hmm. So Silicon Valley in particular is investing by donating in this organization. Okay. So then they're going in and building these house, houses using these 3D printers, and, um, and they're not giving them away. They're selling them to the individuals. But here's the catch. They're doing it at what, what would equate to about $30 a month in our dollars. Right. So, wow. So they're giving them a mortgage that works out to be about $30 a month. Um, they're doing it interest-free. Oh, cool. They're doing it with no profit. And then, to take it one step further, now to, to keep the momentum going, that $30, if you will, just to use, put a number out there that, that equates into you know, Canadian terms, um, that money is now put into a trust. Okay. Oh, okay. So now they're building up this trust so that they can now build homes for other people and then do it again right. and keep paying it forward and paying it forward from these initial donations that have made it possible. Very cool. So, I love it. Yeah. And so now these folks who could never afford to mortgage a house are mortgaging a house. Right. See, and it's manageable. That's neat. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
I actually really love that they're small homes too. Sure. Yeah. I do. I like everything about it. Right. Because next gen and you know, hey, let's take this to Mars and like all so much potential. Well, I mean, when you, I mean, let's be clear. You look at the homes that we've got in developed countries and I mean, around here. I mean, I drive past you know six million dollar homes that are ten thousand square feet, and I'm going. Why? Yeah, like <laughs> you've got a family of four living there, mm-hmm. you know. But when right. I mean, I've spent time in Guatemala and Mexico, uh, Dominican, doing humanitarian work. In a lot of cases, their homes are hundred, two hundred square right. feet, and there's like six of them. Yeah. Right. So to give them something that's, I think it was four or six hundred square feet, they're gonna have so much room for activities. Sure. You know, it's gonna be right. fun. I mean, truth be told, the bigger your house is, the more you feel like you need to fill it with stuff. Right. The smaller yeah, your house Western is. world, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, when you have a smaller house, I think that all of a sudden your attentions are on more important things like getting out. And right. Not, right. It's your, it's your living space. It's right. your sleeping space. It's your yes. shelter. Yeah. But you and can- then home ownership for somebody who isn't able to afford a mortgage, mm-hmm. right? And a concrete structure for, you know, in a, in a spot where perhaps there isn't that sort of material used for the, the normal house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was talking about the humanitarian work. The, the, when I was in the Dominican, we, that's what we did. We built homes. So we went, there was a community that we designated where it, we're talking like, metal sides just find a yep, piece yep. of metal mm-hmm. putting it up sometimes palm leaves like that's literally what it was hurricane comes through it's gone, gone. gone yeah. so what we did is we started with one home mm-hmm. you build this one home cinder block foundation concrete floor mm-hmm. and it was bigger than what they had and so then their idea because of the community minded was hey this is our home your home's next you come live with us while we tear down your shack oh, and cool. we build you another home yep. right. and then you've got two homes and both those homes go hey Yours is the next house. Come live with us. And so the community starts taking in the other homes that are, wow. you know, so everybody's got a place to stay. So something like this, I'm going, this is amazing. Give them a little bit bigger footprint to live in and start inviting some of the rest of the community. And as we build those homes, I love it. Cool. Love this idea. Mm-hmm. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. It's been a blast having you here this week. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. And we look forward to seeing you again. Same time, same channel. See you next week. Bye. Bye.